for the touch of your lips, dear, but much more for the touch of your whips, dear. You can raise welts like nobody else as we dance to the masochism tango. Tonight on the show, it's the nightmare dreamscape that is... Nightbreed from 1990, though I think that this was actually shot in 88, 89, uh, just by the fashions alone, really. Yeah, no, the fashions, the hairdos, and the Aquanet oh. definitely lead you to believe that we recorded this in 88 and then released it in 1990. Very Keep current. Keep Absolutely. it current. A lot of, lot of shoulder pads uh, and some <laughs> and some tidy whitey action. We're going to talk about that tonight. Um, with a budget of $11 million, it only grows $16 million, So it was actually considered a box office and critical failure. Which is absolutely untrue in my mind. In my mind, this is a horror fucking classic icon. This movie was the first movie that introduced me to different genres of horror. Like, I had seen, you know, like, the Nightmare on Elm Street and, like, Halloween. And so I knew slashers. And they terrified me because, you know, I'm, like, eight. But this was the first time that there was a different type of horror and that humans are the real monsters. And that became, like, a solid part of my psyche. Like, that, this movie helped shape the Hillary that you know today. I fucking love that, man. I absolutely love that. It's a, it's, it's actually based on a Clive Barker novella called Cabal. And um, the director's cut of this movie is called the Cabal Cut, which runs in at 160 minutes. <laughs> that, ooh, as much as I love this movie... <laughs> And guess who watched all of it this morning? Oh, good for you. Good for you. I did not do that. I cleaned my toilets and took my kid to Taekwondo. Yeah. So you yeah, I heard yeah. you know it's funny when you said that you were like, you're like, I gotta take I gotta go to Taekwondo. And I was like, holy shit, you're taking Taekwondo? No, I'm just the driver. You're just the driver. Just the driver. You're like Lyft, but you don't get paid. Right. Yeah. No, I get once the uh, you know, Master O tells my kid and now go hug your parent because they pay for this then you know i get i get a hug a week wow yeah <laughs> that's some kind of currency i hear uh for for parenting um all right so this movie is basically about a guy who has been plagued by nightmares his whole life he had been seeing a therapist and the therapist has decided to use the nightmares that he had had for years and years to frame him for murder because the therapist is also a serial killer. Yes, I let you know, serial killer played by David Cronenberg. David fucking Cronenberg. Okay, so I have two exposures to him as an actor. Number one is he plays the hitman in um to die for which is that nicole kidman right. fucks her student movie yeah no good for her yeah yeah you know, with joaquin how did i get here phoenix and um and that's okay so that's that's that one and then he is also in jason x as the doctor so we're all caught up with cronenberg okay, so we're <laughs> caught up with cronenberg's uh 
acting uh, his his acting resume, but everyone else, especially fans of our show, will know him as the director of Rabbit and The Brood. And if you want to really go down the list, we got Shivers, we've got Videodrome, we've got a lot of body horror, including Dead Ringers. Uh, don't hold that against him. But it's a he's he's a real big body horror guy, and he's Canadian. He's Canadian, and which makes uh, a lot of sense because this movie is actually shot in parts of Alberta and Calgary, uh, parts of the UK. It's kind of it's it's kind of all over the place, which is probably why it has an eleven million dollar budget. Yeah, I mean that all makes sense. But Cronenberg as the shrink, yeah, Doctor Decker, yeah, Doctor Decker's mask. Oh, oh, yes, scared yes. the fuck out of yes, me. Yes, yes, it's like it's kind of like a it's kind of like a scarecrow. Like a burlap sack yeah, it's, with it's, the Coraline eyes. But it's like tight. It's like a tight burlap sack, but it's like a... But it's so gimpy. Yeah. Very... <laughs> kind of reminds me of um, in The Collector. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I can go there. Or uh, even Pulp Fiction, but we didn't have Pulp Fiction budget, money, or leather. Right. So, right. yeah. It just, just <laughs> was like, here, we're just going to use... You got potatoes? Yeah, yeah we're going to do this. We're yeah. going to use potatoes. Shit, nobody brought a mask. What do we have? Right. But was fucking terrifying. Yeah. I absolutely... And it took me... The first time I saw this movie, I didn't get that the shrink was the serial killer. Oh, okay. Like, okay. Okay. So, so yeah, that's, let's talk about the background with this. Let's talk about our background with this movie. So this is a third time watch only for me. Um, cause I just, it's just one of those under the, it fell under my radar. I, I never got a chance to watch it. Every time it was streaming, it was like, oh, I'm going to watch something different. You know? So of course I had to pay the, you know, three ninety nine to watch it on prime. Um, but uh, so so this was a third time watch for me. And, and to me, this is a movie that gets better with with different watches, because I think the first time I watched it, I did like it. But at the same time, I was really confused. There was a lot to unpack with <laughs> yeah. this movie. Like it's very like it, it, it wavers between slasher film, fever dream, freak show, Goonies, like there's a lot of aesthetics here. A lot of aesthetics, and there are still, no matter how many times I watch this movie, I still do have questions. Okay. So okay, I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. I, I was ho- I was hoping you weren't gonna come in here and just be like, well, clearly it's an allegory for queer culture and the marginalized societies of which totally is a thing. Like I, when I watched it this time, I got major, major, major queer coded. You know, this is we're we're marginalized from society, so therefore we are not worth anything. We are an underground quote society and genocide. That's yes. and, and we're and that's what we're worthy of is for is for all of the straight people to come down and just fucking destroy us. Yeah, very much marginalized community being like you know very dare I say very going on in the world right now. So. Let's, uh, so what was your, the very first time you ever watched this movie, were you, were you like a, ba- were you like a baby Hillary? Um, I was like 13, 14. Oh, okay. So yeah. I was just starting to like really get into like dig into my teen angst for my. <laughs> Which this movie charts. Yeah. Right? right. Like so perfectly. And I absolutely thought I was going to love you know, the way that Boone was loved. And now, as I watched it recently, I was like, you know what? It's a f- 
fucking codependent nightmare. I have to say, this movie, if you haven't seen it, it is also an allegory for a dysfunctional relationship that a woman cannot help but try and save that is clearly dead and has been for a quite a long time and it is just a codependency buffet yeah there's there's a lot there now as i watch it and i was just like lady let him go like he's right. dead right. Like, like he's dead like, yeah it's- oh by the way uh people who are listening to this show because we do not want to ruin this for you there are going to be spoilers in this episode like a motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. When we we have to, we have yeah. to spoil. I. How are there other shows that we do that don't? <laughs> yeah, but we almost <laughs> never. Remember in the in the early days of Triple M, we used to say like there will be blood, there will be gore, there will probably be spoilers, right? And then I just totes didn't do that for like the last eight episodes. So yeah, I think. <laughs> warning there will be spoilers so um so that was your so yeah you saw that when you were 13 i saw that when i was in my 40s obviously hitting a little bit differently yeah. um what's your exposure to craig schaefer do you have any um yeah no he oh fuck oh come on yeah, did i really do this to you yeah. i'm sorry i apologize okay so question uh, he's we were definitely in one of the Hellraisers five. Oh, is that the one? Five? Is is that the one that you reviewed? Is that Hellraiser Maybe. eight where he plays the cop Maybe. and he's not redeemable? Yeah, and, and then it, right, he's, he's in one of the Hellraisers. But I know him as one of the a holes because, in my opinion, there and also in Hillary's opinion, there are two a holes in the movie. Some kind of wonderful. Uh, one of them is a creepy ginger named Eric Stoltz. And then the other one is indeed Craig Schaefer as the, we're going to call him an emotionally abusive, narcissistic gaslighting boyfriend. Yeah. I had forgotten about him in the movie, like uh, in some kind of wonderful now, not Nightbreed, but some kind of wonderful. I was so obsessed with sticks. Oh, 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 um, oh, what's her name? Yeah, no, it's sticks. In my is, oh, that's her name. Oh, her na- I don't know. Oh, uh, uh, Watts. What? So sticks. Sticks. Yeah. Watts. Whatever. Yeah. Lesbian icon that is Mary Stuart Masterson. She was my entire fucking focus. I have wanted her gloves. Oh yes, her since gloves. Nineteen eighty six. And I yeah. can't they nobody has them. And if you type it into Amazon, what you get is a nightmare. Okay. I gotcha. Um, yeah. I understand. So uh, the fact that Eric Stoltz did not realize that mm. Sticks, I don't care that we're calling her Watts, her name is Sticks for me, <laughs> uh, didn't realize that she was the girl in right. the movie. Like, I, it makes me so angry that I have completely removed Craig Schaefer from the equation. <laughs> he doesn't exist to me. The entire movie is about Sticks. Right. Okay. Okay. Good. Good point. Yeah. So, so Craig Schaefer pretty much. I, I don't think Craig Schaefer's done a lot of movies where he doesn't play an asshole. He kind of. He's he got has asshole face. He's got asshole face. Yeah. He's kind of. Um. He's kind of Stephen Dor. Like it's almost like three three dudes came out around the same time, right? Mm-hmm. Craig Schaefer, Stephen Dorf, and fucking James Legrand. Yeah, I know, and they're all really kind of interchangeable. Yeah, no, yeah. totally. I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you on that. That's a that's a thing. Although I'm sure we're gonna get fucking hate mail about that. So, rounding out the cast besides Cronenberg and Schaefer is great value Moira Kelly, also known as Canadian actress Anne Robbie as 
Lori, Lori. businesswoman by day, lounge singer by night. She had a lot going on. She <laughs> can, we, can we just talk about that chunky sweater? Yeah, there's there's so much about Lori that I really wish as much as I love this movie. I just want to remove her. Yeah. Like she, yes, thank she you. She was very distracting. Well, even, she she become it's very funny because even though even though Craig Schaefer as Boone is supposed to be our protagonist, he goes he almost goes MIA for a little while and then Lori becomes the protagonist. Yeah, and uh the girl that she meets though in the bar. Oh, Cheryl. Cheryl. Cheryl's my like ride or die type. I'm bitch. I met you in a bar, and this was my interaction to like women talking up other women in bar bathrooms. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because so uh, all right. So we're obviously we are we're excited. We're yeah. excited. We're getting we're ahead. Every, we're we're so fucking all over the place, just like every other episode. So anyway, we open <clears throat> with. Craig Schaefer, a.k.a. Aaron Boone, uh, having a really awesome dream that he's stuck in a nightmare world, uh, much like all Clive Barker movies. Right. And um, and he wakes up. He's got his gorgeous, curly-haired, like I said, great value Moyer Kelly, on top of him. And she's like, hey... We should get out of we should get out of the town for a little bit and go on a trip. And then he reveals he's like, well, my therapist has been calling me again. And I'm like, that doesn't sound ominous at all. Yeah, I was. It was a very weird transition to like. Oh, very quick too. Right? Like, yeah, hey, like, you want to go away for the weekend? Like, well, my well, my therapist, therapist has been calling, calling and I'm like. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how those are related. Right, like, you, it's still the weekend. Like, right. you can still go away and see your therapist on Monday. We're not... And if he's calling you, when's the last time you were there? Yeah, I know. Is he like, uh, you have missed an appointment? But, right, like, right. there was... Right. It was a very awkward conversation, but, it yeah. Was. It was, um... Yeah, I, I will say that... I okay here's the thing I fucking love Clive Barker I used to have Clive Barker on my wall much like I had Sam Raimi on my wall uh the the day I found out he was gay I was incredibly shocked because he had been my like pinup boy for so long um and I was watching uh Politically Incorrect with Bill Maher back in the day and they were talking about a woman's right to choose that was actually what they were talking about and he was like, you know, as a gay man living in England, and my brain just went boonk, you know, because I was like, wah! You know, but now, as a 43 and a half year old woman, when I watch Hellraiser, when I watch Lord of Illusions, when I watch this movie, I see, you know, an, 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 an unbelievable amount of queer coding, a lot of queer coded characters, a lot of marginalized characters. Um, you know, I see, I see a lot of that. And so it's, and it's just, and also just the beauty of everything and, you know, and yeah, just like the, the normal people quote, as they say, normal people in this movie are the enemy. Right. Yeah. And the misfits are cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, the misfits are always like the, on the right side of, what would be like a moral issue, but yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah, totally. Um, and so, uh, and so in this really weird transition that we have, uh, although, see, here's the thing, and I'm gonna say this because and I'll probably get hate mail for this, but like Hellraiser has the same problem because Hellraiser's plot is one of those plots where you're like, 
wait, what? And then, I mean, you really have to kind of go, okay, so it's really about the bigger picture. Like, it's not necessarily about the details or the dialogue um, or why or whatever. It's 100% the bigger picture of, like, you did a bad thing. You tried to get away with it. We're now back from hell to take you back to hell because you fucked up, you know. And so you're going to try and seduce yet another codependent female into doing your dirty work for you yes indeed i can see <laughs> i can absolutely see the uh the through line here um so uh so so in that weird transition the therapist he finally calls the therapist and uh dr decker played by david cronenberg and he says you know yeah man i'm doing good I don't think I need to come see you anymore. Um, you know, haven't had really any dreams lately. And the doctor's like, yeah, I don't think that's a thing. Yeah, no, you need to come in. Uh, we need to talk. Uh, like, see you soon. R right. Like, r <laughs> like there's, a, there's a very, uh, there's a, there's a very like almost, almost like a homoerotic undertone to their relationship you know it's very much like well i need to see you and you know we haven't seen the each other therapist was very yeah. needy yeah. like yeah, very, very, very you yeah. can't leave our relationship because yes. you are feeding something that i need as the therapist yeah yeah which you know which could also be also be a commentary on you know therapy because in the movie dr decker though he's supposed to be a therapist is actually a serial killer and not only is he a serial killer but he's a serial killer who is framing one of his patients for these murders which is super fucked up and and later on we find out that he's also this like moral fucktard who just wants to like rid the world of filth yeah very uh get rid of you know class and like just He's real yucky. Yeah. I don't have yeah. like anything for, poetic for having for having great hair, which Cronenberg absolutely does in this True. movie. Holy yeah. shit, the hair and the fucking like trench coat and everything. Like Cronenberg, a little bit, little fuckable in this yeah. movie. You yeah. know, like before there was Silence of the Lambs, there was Doctor Decker. Before there was Hannibal Lecter, there's Doctor Decker. Yeah, and that's that's the progression of the shrinky type serial right. ninety killer. to ninety one. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, so the next thing we see is that, uh, a chunky couple has been murdered. This is really, so what's interesting about Decker, Decker doesn't like, uh, Decker doesn't like chicks. Uh, De Decker doesn't like women of easy virtue. Yeah. Women of easy virtue or, or really anyone. Or anyone I that eats or anyone that eats sugar. Sugar is bad. Yeah. Women, no good. Uh, but also children. Children. Yes. That's the thing. That's one of the things I kind of dig about this movie is that <laughs> is <laughs> much, much like the witch in Hansel and Gretel. I do enjoy a good child murder in a film. Uh, yes. They're, they're, I mean, off camera, mind yeah. you. I mean, they didn't go that far. But yeah, I mean, he does murder a a, a rather zoftig couple, if you will, and their child. Yeah. Like... Once he murdered, like, you know, mom and dad, I was just like, okay, like, I don't know why we did that at this point. And is that Boone? Because you don't know yet. And, but then when you just see the little boy at the top of the stairs. Ooh. And he walks 
walks past and I was just like, oh, you know, he's going to be able to identify him. It's the stuff that monsters are made of. That's interesting. Yeah, that's where I thought we were okay, going. Okay, of yeah. That's, and because I know like there are going to be the monsters later. Right. Like, yeah, it's like it, this is not, this is not an R-rated version of Monster Squad. No, no. <laughs> So, yeah, and then when you just start seeing the footsteps go up the stairs towards the boy, I was like, get the fuck out of here. Because, right. like, all bets are off, buddy. Yeah. Clyde Barker doesn't give any shits. He's like, nope, nope, nope. We're going to kill the kid. We're going to yeah. kill the couple. We're going to kill lots of women. We're fucking, we're in. Yeah, we're it, killing everybody. It's just, yeah, anybody can get it. Which I like about Dr. Decker. Really, anybody oh, yeah. can get it. Decker's a... De- Decker, equal opportunity equal murderer. Equal opportunity murderer. Yeah. So he shows these uh, these these photos uh, to his patient, to Boone, and says, you know, yeah, this is all shit that you talked about when we were, you know, doing hypnosis. And uh, guess what? I think you've probably killed these people. Yeah, I, you know, you the, you've been very descriptive in you know our sessions and now these people are you know showing up dead and you need to turn yourself into the police right and and i'm gonna give you uh, a prescription for lithium to help you uh which is funny because lithium is the kind of drug that if you've ever taken it um it's also used in bipolar disorder uh they don't prescribe it that much in florida because it is a salt and what it does is it will because of you know our fucking horrendous climate that we have here in the great state of florida people sweat it out so it's not as um, bioavailable, basically, in their body. So they're not getting the full, like, prescription that they're taking, basically. So he gives him lithium, which most people can't run on lithium, let alone fucking have all these, like, crazy, amazing dreams where they're running through a cemetery. Right. Well, yeah. fun fact about lithium, folks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> lithium 101. Uh, so that is a thing that happens, and he realizes he's probably not on lithium by the way yeah yes that was a a fun little tricky trick by his therapist he gave him lsd yeah Yeah. one of the one uh, and which uh causes him to hallucinate a red shoe diaries-esque scenario where craig schaefer is basically running around in tidy whities having sex with a, a a gauze covered uh low rent Moira Kelly and uh in the fire in, in a fire yeah. obviously which, as, well, you do. Which, as you do what are you gonna do yeah. if there's a fire sexing in the fire yeah yeah so he ends up being taken to the crazy house and in the crazy house he meets our favorite fucking character in this whole movie yeah. Narcisse played by Hugh Ross and this is he's just another just another seems like another crazy person yeah, totally, you know, very like, they won't come. They won't come if you're here, you know, and just is talking absolute nonsense. Uh, and then, you know, he was just like, you know, they're coming from Midian. And that's when Boone finally goes, what do you know about Midian? Right. Okay. So let's talk about Midian for a second. So Midian essentially is the underground island of misfit toys. Yeah, very underground. Yeah, no, I like that. Yeah, no, you nailed it. And uh, and apparently Midian is where the monsters go. Yeah, the monsters and the monsters are anybody that can do something abnormal. 
Right. Or superhuman. Exactly. So you could fill in the the way that this is, is that it's the others, as they're referred to, and in, in the, the monsters of Midian, basically, you could fill in any marginalized group here. I mean, you could fill in drug addicts. You could fill in the gay community. You black could fill brown. in black or brown. You could fill in anything. Yeah. You could really put anything in here. And it basically is that the... They're the monsters. They need to be separated from society. They need to be wiped out from society because they are dirty or unclean. Yeah, very, very uh, straight white male, uh, you know, run them into the ground, get them to go away. Very Nazi-esque. Oh, very Nazi-esque. Exa- exactly. Like the one fucking cop with where the, when he pops up with the glasses and the mustache, you're like, oh, holy Hitler, Batman. Y- yeah, very... And just, like, the more times you watch it, the broader your understanding gets of, like, who the monsters are and, you know, why they're so hated. And it's because they're different. Like, that's literally just it. Like, they didn't want no problems. They didn't want no smoke. Like, and they kept retreating and retreating until they could not any longer. And then they're still on the fence of, like, should we fight? Like, they're coming for us, and it's still, like, should we fight back? And, like, that's kind of where I want to have a little chatty chat with the Elder, where I'm just like, what do you mean? We, like, yeah, no, we're fucking fighting. We're fighting. We are absolutely going to stand up and use the gifts that, like, have been bestowed upon us instead of continuously running and going further and further and further and further into hiding. Very Anne Frankie. Yeah, very, yes, absolutely. Just the retreating, we're yeah. going to hide or we're going to fight, basically. Yeah. And <clears throat> and it's, uh, yeah, it's my favorite My favorite character, and I can't remember his name, is the um, is the, the shirtless guy carrying the French bulldog. Yeah, no, he was, and he was another one that absolutely did not want to fight. Really just wanted to be left alone and in peace. And that's when I, you know, turn into the, and I, I don't know anybody's character name, but the the red guy with the, the you know, snake hair. The, okay, that's Peliquin. Okay, thank you. I don't know anybody's name, but where he was just like... Don't, a- don't ask me who plays him, but I do know that his name is Peliquin, and yes, he's the red dreadlock guy. Yeah, red dreadlock guy. He was just like, why are we still talking about shit? Like, let's show out. And he, you know, initially I was on the fence with him because he's so... Like, you know, fuck humans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, okay, so so we're getting we're getting on just a just a skosh ahead of ourselves here. No, 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 it's totally <laughs> dude. That's why I love the show. Um so uh Narc- Nar- Narcisse uh decides he's gonna take these like crazy like brass knuckles that have that have like claws on yeah, them like and and just and just tear off his face. Yeah. No, well what else are you gonna do to cause I gotta show them my real face. Right. I got to show the people from Midian my real face or they'll never take me. So, yeah, he cuts right. his face off. Tears off his face and his scalp. And it's important to point out is still alive when Dr. Decker and, you know, the fucking Keystone cops show up to basically be like, what's going on? Oh, they're because <laughs> they're trying. They want it. They're there for Boone. They want to take Boone away, basically. And then there and Decker's like, you know. I've talked to them before. Maybe I could go in and and see if we can get some information. He's like, I'll need to be left alone. So, of course, they leave this fucking psychopath alone with, you know, faceless Narcisse, and he kills him. 
Yeah, yep, does uh, kill him at this point. The face taking off didn't kill him. That was all Decker. Exactly. Yeah. So so then uh, Boone goes, Boone decides he's going to drive out to the, uh, the cemetery. We get these beautiful fucking gorgeous Alberta mountains because, um, you know, Canada, hashtag. And he gets to the cemetery and that is, which is also this really beautiful matte painting. Yeah. Like the, the background of it is that. And um, he gets in there and the Peliquin, you know, he meets Peliquin and Peliquin's sidekick uh, and they get him and they're just like, you know, he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm fucking Nightbreed, just like you guys. And Peliquin smells him and says, no, you're innocent. Like yeah. you, I can smell innocence on you and I want to eat you. Yeah. Like you do. And he was like, no, I've killed people. And he was just like, no, you're meat, meat for the beast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and what's great is that. He's like, yeah, my therapist told me I fucking killed a bunch of people. Like, I killed 15 people or whatever. And he's like, he lied. I love. Yeah. I absolutely. Yeah. Red Dreadlock uh, Peliquin. Uh, mad, mad, mad props. Great name. But yeah, his character was just so like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, and when I, when I like, you know, initially first watched it, I really was like, he's so mean. And then, you know, you keep watching and it was just like, no, he's right. And he's so fucking tired of just like running and hiding. And like, why are we living like this? It makes no fucking sense that we're in this gated community. <laughs> Right. You know, I did. I, God damn it. I just like I was today years old when I realized, yes, indeed, they do live in a gated community. It just happens to be a gated community of underground dwellers. Yeah. And, you know, in a cemetery on the outskirts of town and they don't pass the cemetery walls like they and he's so just over how he lives and just. You know, the fact that even Boone was able to find them was kind of mind blowing to me, but Yeah, almost like I, I think he I, I think he I think we use dream logic here. Like I think he was just like he was like map questing it from his dream. I mean sure. Ways. He was doing ways. Yeah. The L S D brought him. He was just like, Yeah, no. Like Narcisse had to cut his face off to get invited, you know, to Midian. But I, all he had to do is drop in. drop some fucking acid and yeah. take take a trip to Alberta. So <laughs> So the cops so Decker brings the cops over to the cemetery and then Man, like, know where he was. Like, how can like like if you want to just like how bad can Decker get? This is how fucking bad Decker gets. Cause killing kids, I mean, that's bad enough. But he uh he goes up to him and then he goes, He's got a gun! And then they fucking open fire and Boone goes down in a blaze of glory. Yeah, well, not so much a blaze of glory. They just massacre. A blaze of bullets. Yeah, yeah, they just massacre him. Just, you know, the Keystone Cops, to use your terminology, which I love. Uh, yeah, just absolutely, I mean, light him the fuck up. And now Boone's dead. Yeah, Boone Boone, dead. Boone's dead. He ends up in the morgue, and then his body... Wait, but, hold on. But Palaquin bit him. Which yes. Is important. Yes, it's important to point out that before he went down in the hail of bullets, yeah. uh, he got Peliquin actually bit him because he wanted to eat him. Yeah. Yes. Peliquin wanted to eat him, so he's got now the mark of the beast 
in his shoulder and absolutely goes down in a trail of fucking bullets. And Boone is now dead. Yeah. The end. Boone's dead. And then somehow, (laughs) somehow his body disappears from the morgue. uh, And he ends up, he, he basically ends up just running around half naked see it's important to point out there's a lot of shirtless action in this film there's a lot of tidy whitey action in this film but the women are dressed so so unattractively high waisted (laughs) jeans with your shirt tucked in and a skinny belt lots of that Ooh, a lot of a lot of skinny belts, a lot of a lot of jean action, a lot of jean, jean jacket, yeah. and I don't I don't mean like a sexy jean jacket that you'd get at like American Apparel. I'm talking about fucking shoulder pad crazy. There's a bedazzler involved level of jean jacket action. Yeah, very. Ooh. If you were around in 1988, you wore this shopping in your local mall and, and proudly you and were at proudly. you were at contempo casuals yeah. for sure with your three different scrunch socks over the tight jeans yeah. and maybe a t-shirt clip yeah and a t-shirt <laughs> clip hanging off the bottom of your t-shirt and your high tops yeah in the form of a peace sign yes all right this, how old are we this is <laughs> This has been 80s fashion with two women in their 40s. Uh, stay tuned until next week. So uh, then we see this really cool. I Okay, so I got to tell you, I fucking love Decker's office aesthetic with all of the. No- first of all, I was today like when I first saw that he had like just a, just a set of knives. Just right. Decorating the decorating the desk. Yeah. Which is exactly what you should have if you are treating the mentally ill. Have access to a lot of weapons. So many weapons. So many weapons. And nearby, in case somebody has a psychotic break, you can just subdue them with a knife to the neck. Lots of, seriously, lots of knives. It's really crazy. Your lithium slash LSD and my collection of knives. I don't know why he's not still in business today. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's a, that's a, that's a good, uh, that's a good, good, that's a good therapy trick. I could, I could pass that on to my therapist. Um, (laughs) then we, then we go to a, uh, Canadian country Western bar. Cause that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Where else are you going to go? And this is, this is when, uh, Lori, Meets meets Cheryl Ann in the bathroom. Yeah. Oh God, I love Cheryl Ann. And this, yeah, Cheryl Ann. Cheryl. Let's talk about Cheryl Ann for a second. So everyone has the females have very no, literally every single female in this movie. I was just thinking about this, with the exception of the ones who actually reside in Midian, have the same fucking Laura Flynn Boyle twin peaks haircut they all have the short like curly bob situation yeah which every single one i don't think we did you have that haircut no oh thank god i didn't have that haircut yeah i had i did have a bob in the 90s uh once my like like a sexy mod bob well i shaved my head when i was 14 oh my god i love you yeah minus like a devil lock because my wow parents were sending me to catholic school so i shaved my head right before (laughs) they sent me there this this is why you're my (laughs) co-host so then when it was like growing back in it was like my mom was just trying to like cut it and it wound up in like that asymmetrical bob because it needed to be because it was growing in weirdly that's fantastic yeah i 
that was my first high school of six. Um, so I, it never got like curly. I never had like the curly weird bob, which I don't ever think we should do again. No, please don't bring that look back, guys. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I may be okay with the giant earrings in this movie, but I am so not okay with that fucking haircut. Speaking of earrings, by the way, women's earrings in this movie, I swear to God, they look like pizza cutters. Yeah, no, they're, they're intense. It is, I don't know why the women were treated so badly. And I, <laughs> I really don't. I'm going to blame Cronenberg, though. I will say, I'm going to blame, I'm blaming Barker with this, okay. man. I will blame Barker because, yes, the men, it's like the men are running around, they're glistening, they're fucking like, you great cheese on those abs, right? And the women are wearing like chunky sweaters, uh, you know, a lot of, lot of shoulder pad action, just, just not, just not attractive. Yeah, I... Oh. The, yeah, the women were done dirty. In this <laughs> they were done dirty, indeed. Okay, so so they meet in the bathroom, which is great. And Cheryl Ann's like, why hey, are you crying? Right. why are you crying? You crying over a boy? Like, let's go get a drink, girly girl. And they go and they have a drink. <laughs> I love like the line where she was just like, oh, what did he leave? And, you know, fucking Lori's crying and she goes, don't tell me he came back. That's even worse. (laughs) No, he's dead. Yeah, he's he's he can't come back. He's dead. Stay tuned. Foreshadowing abound. Right. I mean, (laughs) it's like uh, he's dead, but I'm still chasing him because that sounds very healthy. Yeah. And also also I will say that charts with just me and my own codependency issues that I've had for fucking like since I since I had an alcoholic father like I think that's what happens is when you grow up with like an alcoholic dad or you grow up with any kind of like weird distant parent you grow up as this like codependency machine it's like oh wounded baby bird I'm going to save you and put you make you better yeah (laughs) See, I'm just like a foster mom. Like, I'm just going to adopt you and then love you. And then when you're good, I'm going to release you to free your forever home. Absolutely. And your forever home? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. We're just fostering these broken birds. And then we're going to release them where they can go away and find new and and gentle homes. Because we we made you better. We made you better so you could go off and find your forever home. Yeah. Oh, God. Totally. Uh, I need to talk to my therapist. Okay. So they are, uh, they're sitting there. And then meanwhile, um, Lori's like, hey, I'm going back to my hotel. And Cheryl Ann's like, all right, I'm going to stay here and get drunk and hopefully get laid. And fun fact, she gets uh, offered a drink from across the bar. Now, let me ask you this, because you and I, we are of a certain age and we have done the bar thing. Did anyone, has anyone ever, quote, sent you a drink from across the bar? Like, And the bartender's like, from the gentleman across the bar. Yes. <gasps> you are so lucky. Am I? Oh my god! No, I never fucking had that happen. You're not missing much. I mean, that's kind of beautiful. Did you like accept the drink? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. For sure. Well, did I you did you talk to the person, or were you just like, "Thanks for the drink, bitch"? Um, both. Like we've <laughs> we've done both. Like I have already taken the drink. I'm drinking it, and then normally then 
they're supposed to walk up and like talk to you. I don't think I ever got up and then went and talked to them, but I did do like the, hey, thanks. And then they come over and talk and then, you know, it right. goes one of two ways so fast. Right. Thanks for the sex on the beach. Would you like to have sex on the beach? No, no, no. I would not. No, no. I wouldn't. Uh, so the gentleman across the bar, uh, she sends her a drink. So she's like, oh, I guess I'm getting laid tonight. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the next day, so she meets she meets Lori in the same bar, by the way. This must be a small town. She meets her in the same bar that morning, and they're going to have breakfast. And she's like, yeah. She goes, I met me a man last night, and he's amazing. Like, he's just bringing the good dick. Yeah, and good for her. I was so rooting for Cheryl Ann because she said she was such a girl's girl. She was down. She doesn't know this woman from, you know, we're just two women in this small fucking town. And she was just down to ride with her and then was just, yeah, I'm here. I'm looking for this, you know, graveyard, you know, where Boone died, my boyfriend. And Cheryl Ann's just like, yeah, I'm going to take you. Let's yeah, go. Let's I know. go. Yeah. She was. She was real. She was real gung ho. She was real Thelma like, and Louise. Yeah, yeah, very off just meeting in a girl's bathroom. And that's how we are. And I love that about us. I do love that. I actually do love that about women. I, I think that's pretty cool. I love the women's restroom in a bar, in a concert. And just like the tribe of women, if if one of us is crying or throwing up, how we just fucking manage that. Yeah, I love it. It's beautiful. We, you and I are definitely what's referred to as girls, girls. Like we, yeah. we, we cheerlead for other women. We're not like, comp- we're not competing with anybody. I mean, pro- it's probably also due to our age. De- oh, definitely. Um, I definitely know, like, even when I was drinking and I was an asshole, like, the women's room was a sacred space. Like, that was church. Right. Yes. And, you know, if you were in there and you were crying, it was like, is somebody bothering you? Because, like, I got you. Right. Yeah. Like, let's go fuck some shit up. Right. Like, let's go blow up his fucking car. (laughs) Like, we can get downright psychotic right now. I'm ready to go. Fun fact, when my ex-boyfriend broke up with me, uh, I uh, I showed up at his house because he was going to break up with me in a text message. And I was like, oh, no, you're not. And I showed up at his house to confront him. And Hillary Hillary's response to this was, you know what? He's lucky you didn't set his house on fire. Yeah, right. Without a doubt. Because that shit makes sense to me. Like, my brain goes from zero to dark in rapid speed Amazing. and the darkness that people will hear spew from my mouth once I'll let them like see that naked side of me the pe- a lot of people are just like Jesus Christ and right. I go oh you're not in then okay it's awesome yeah. I just fucking love it so uh next we so there so Cheryl Cheryl Ann and um and Lori have decided to drive out to Midian they're parked they've parked the car Cheryl Ann's going to you know basically pursue on foot uh she's gone and Lori, or excuse me laurie's gone cheryl ann is sitting in the car just kind of hanging out listening to music and so okay this is this is you're never gonna know this and i'm not gonna ask you if you know this or anything like that but no. yeah no I, I get it i get it okay so d- did you know that danny elfman did the music for this movie no but i know that name okay all right so danny elfman used to be the lead singer of a band called oingo boingo back in the 80s true Yes, I knew I knew this name. Okay. I'm a huge Oingo Boingo fan. Like, I have a fucking Oingo Boingo shirt. If I had a fucking poster, I would put it up. I am a really, really big Oingo Boingo fan. So um, Danny Elfman leaves Oingo Boingo to pursue a career as basically a score person. He, he's, he's an orchestral guy. He's the 
John Williams of my generation, really, uh, because he scored fucking Batman, Dark Man, Army of Darkness, um, you name it, he's fucking scored it. So uh, he scores this, and the song that plays on the radio is actually a slowed down version of an Oingo Boingo song called Skin. And I recognize it because I always, the lyrics of it, and it's also my favorite Oingo Boingo song. But yeah, he basically took one of his own songs, slowed it down, made it country music-ified, and played it on the radio. So I thought, here's your fun little trivia fact for the day from Erin. Um, so she uh, she looks up and she sees, she's like, oh, hello from last night. And it's Dr. Decker. Yeah. Plot Ooh. twist. Did not see that. No, coming. I didn't see that coming either. And I was just like, why would he be picking up Cheryl Ann? Yeah. Like, what what does she have to do with anything? Boone is already dead. So what the, is he after Lori? Like, that was the only, like, I didn't understand what he was doing there. Like, oh, okay, maybe he's gonna go console Lori. Like, even though we realize, like, he just set Boone up, maybe he's in love with Lori. I was thinking that, too. I really did, I, I thought that, and I thought maybe he he views Lori as, um, as pure, as, as, like, the opposite or the antithesis of Boone. Okay, I, I just... I had no idea what he was doing there or why he would be chasing Lori or if he needed to murder Lori. Maybe Lori's a witness to something. Like, I don't... I was very confused at this point, but Dr. Decker lets you know why he's there real quick. Absolutely. Bye-bye, Sherilyn. Yep. So, uh... Which is such a bummer. I know. It was a total... It was absolutely a total bummer. More Sherilyn, less Lori in the movie. Yeah. That's my vote. So, uh, we do get to meet, uh, Lyleberg... Lila, Lila, no, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna butcher that name. Is that in? Is do you have the cast list of? Yep. Who's Doug Bradley? Look at Doug Bradley's. Uh, there he is, right there. He's Dirk Lynchburg. Lynchburg, thank you. Like Lynchburg, Virginia. Okay, so Lynchburg is played by Doug Bradley, and it was funny because I was like sitting there going, I was going through the cast, and I'm like, which one's Doug Bradley? And then I saw his face, and I saw like the way his mouth was, and I was like, oh, it's Pinhead. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Pinhead's in this too. This movie. Okay. Yeah. So Doug Bradley's basically like, okay, so we welcomed you to the fold. Here you are. Come to Midian. And uh, like all good codependent girlfriends, uh, Lori decides that she's going to, you know, she, she wants to like enter Midian so she can rescue her boyfriend from the weird people. Well, first she meets uh, Ladybug. Well, yeah, no, yeah. She, first she's going to meet Babette. Okay, yeah, Babette. well, she yeah. meets, like, what's basic, what basically looks like a Mac and me creature. Yeah, like, uh, deformed E.T. Yeah, 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 very, very, like I said, E.T., Mac and me, whatever, a creature that's just sort of, like, dying, like, yeah. that's dying, and she, you know, she, she picks the creature up, takes her over to the, 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 mom. the, the mom, and the mom's like, oh, you know, that's Babette. She's not supposed to be playing in the sun. She loves the sun. And the further they get into the darkness, the more, uh, say, normal-looking Babette becomes until she's just, like, a really tiny little ginger kid. Yeah, until she becomes, like, this really cute little kid. And, you know, Mom is trying to explain of just, you know, thank you so much. You saved her. Do you want to take her? And, and, and much like myself, responds would be, no. Yeah, no, I... 
don't, I don't. I do not want your child. No, I don't want a child, and I definitely don't want a child that g- dies by sunlight. Yeah. Very vampiresque. Yeah, yeah that's, like, a, that's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, I'm. My boyfriend just died. Have you seen him though? Cause yeah, I know. It's like my, my my boyfriend's dead. I I clearly I clearly have some codependency issues. I'm here to find my boyfriend. I know he's down there. Uh, his name is Aaron Boone. He doesn't look like any of you people, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, very snooty. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't belong here. He belongs with me. Oh yeah. Oh, oh very, oh. very much. Yeah, absolutely. It's like it's like oh god, Lori, bad look. Yeah, yeah. Too far. Mm-hmm. Too far, Lori. Too far. Too far, Lori. Yeah. One of the things she says is um. Let's see. Uh, wakes up in the coffin. Okay, not yet. Anyway, so she goes back. Uh, she goes back and finds Cheryl nailed to a tree. Yeah, very awful way to die. Crucified. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know what does she do at that point. She just like, there's no like understanding as to like what she does. That's the thing. Yeah. So here's the thing. Yes, Nightbreed is great, much but much like Swiss cheese, it has holes. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's tasty, you know, but it has holes. And there are a lot of like we should say moments, especially in the 160 minute uh, uh runtime where things just kind of drag and the plot yeah. points kind of get lost in favor of just fantastical scenery yeah fantastical scenery and special effects and makeup and all of that stuff but yeah there are there are some plot holes that you just you just gotta walk through them they're big enough you know where you just step on through and the i know that i love this movie but as we're sitting here talking about it i'm going wait yeah why is that why no, did they, no, yeah. no, no. there's a lot of reasons to love this movie like the scenery the cinematography not so much the editing by the way and not so much the chunky transitions but just the the the, the allegories like the the fact that it is an allegory for you know, being an outsider, being a misfit, being accepted into being a misfit. What is that? What makes you a misfit, right? Is it that you had to kill a bunch of people or is it that you were bit? Is it that you were killed? Is it that you were convinced by your therapist that you're a fucking serial killer? What is it? Yeah. Which are all so prevalent in today's society. How many times does my therapist say you might be a serial killer? There it is. There it is. Absolutely. (laughs) That makes sense. So, uh, uh, Dr. Decker uh, stumbles upon what is basically an, a, a shack, uh, cu- with like, like things kind of like hanging down from it. And, um, it, it looks like, <laughs> it looks like the Don Henley, all she wants to do is dance video. It, it, I was just like, oh, is it like an abandoned gas station? That's what I thought too. Or yeah. like a, a really cool, like dive bar or something since dive bars seem to be a thing in this movie. Yeah. And just, but it's just like an old guy, you know, living his best life in his rundown gas station. That just and he, and he knows it's funny because he's kind of the exposition fairy because he knows about Midian and right. he knows what Midian is because Decker asks him like what's Midian and he's like it's a fucking cemetery full right. of dead people who were prospectors at one point in time and were buried there yeah just you know ain't nothing there but dead folk you know and he of all the characters that like we lose he he's the one that hurts. 
Yeah, yeah. So Decker, uh, just to skip ahead a little bit, but like Decker basically tortures him to try to figure out like what what is Midian and what blah, blah, blah. And Decker tells him specifically, I am here to clean up the filth. I am not here to join the monsters of Midian. I am here to destroy the monsters of Midian. I am here to destroy the filth and the filth that begets the filth. And he, you know, so it's kind of like he's just there to destroy like, Women of easy virtue, people who eat sugar, uh, people who've allowed themselves to become, you know, less than svelte, uh, and then had a child, apparently. Yeah, yeah. and anybody sure. that he just deems is different. Unclean, yeah. different. And yeah, so, you know, and, and the poor, you know, gas station attendant is just like, he, they didn't do nothing to you. Yeah, yeah. he just, he just, he's just there. He's yeah. just collateral damage. He fucking kills him. And he's like, he's like, yeah, he's just like, I just wanted to torture you because I just want to torture you. So he tortures him. Meanwhile, Lori wakes up in a coffin surrounded by a really fucking badass wall of faces yes uh this is really to me when nightbreed becomes fucking amazing yeah the deeper we get into midian it becomes i mean we're getting we're getting goonies vibes because of the drawbridge we're getting a little bit of society because there's like heads coming out of tummies. Yeah, very much like the more that she goes down into Midian, like the scenery, amazing. And just the characters and all like their weird characteristics. Exactly. And like, she's even asking, she's like, what is all that? Like, who are you people or whatever? Right, yeah. And the one one says, you know, we're shapeshifters and freaks. Yeah. Yeah. We're, you know, the ones that aren't accepted by your society. So we live here. This is our home. And just, you know, Lori's just kind of like stumbling around in the dark. And really, where is Boone at this point? Yeah. Yeah. At this point. <laughs> Craig Schaefer has taken the car keys and left. Like he's not even in the, there's a portion of this movie where he's not even in it. Yeah. He's just, I don't even know where the fuck he is. He's supposed to be hanging out with Baphomet, but we don't even know if that's what he's doing. He's gone. Lori's become the protagonist at this point. I get very Freddy two vibes from this. Like very much when Lisa goes into the boiler room slash warehouse slash whatever the fuck they called it in part two, uh, to rescue Jesse from basically being gay. Which, wasn't that nice of her? You yeah, know, right, I mean... Right. She's like, come over to the heterosexual side. We yeah. have cookies. Yeah. And who doesn't like a cookie? Yeah. I... He's like, and by cookie, we mean vagina. Yes. And who doesn't like vagina? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of bisexual, but I'm like bisexual from the waist up. So yeah. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't. That's the only part I can't get on board with. I can't do the vagina thing. Well, then I would not say you're bisexual. So what am I just like? I like titties. Yeah. You just like titties. All right. Yeah. I guess I can go with that. Yeah. By curious question mark. Anyway. So I'm getting Freddie two vibes. She's coming down there to save her boyfriend from the you know the the world of the misfits the others the different right yeah. and they're kind of just like i don't even know why you're fucking here like very and neither do we yeah very both of them are looking at the other of just why are you here why are you here what are you doing what are you doing like it's very where's waldo you know like yeah. who's doing what here yeah the, the the further we get down I mean, we're we're it, there's fucking eels yeah. there's claymation 
there it, it looks like the hellfire club in new york oh hellfire club well done well done well i just watched um the swinger the 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 swingers documentary about um uh, about Plato's retreat and then they were talking about how everybody would like leave Plato's retreat and go hang out at the Hellfire Club and I was just like <laughs> nasty so um she's yeah so she's down there to like rescue him and one of the things she says is nobody needs you but me yeah oh <laughs> oh Lori oh, Lori oh my codependent goddess but she convinces him to leave. I know. Yeah. He's like, you're right. Yeah. I should leave this world sure. of misfits, even though I have clearly become been embraced by, yep. been loved by. Yep. Uh, I'm no longer dead. I mean, like I'm dead-esque. Right, right. But yes, I'm going to leave the world that has accepted me and will now teach me the new rules. Because I don't know why I'm alive either, other than you know peliquin bit me but like okay i'm gonna now go with you my weird normie girlfriend right so they escape to uh this the sweet grass inn yeah which where else would you go yeah yeah it sounds it sounds and so he looks like shit yeah oh he looks like garbage he's he got like, like he's withdrawing from heroin he's got like weird tribal tattoos on his face he's wearing sunglasses he's wearing he's wearing a jacket and no shirt yeah Oh, what else are you got? And a yeah. leather jacket. And a leather jacket and no shirt. Yeah. Absolutely. So they get to, uh, well, Decker shows up at Sweetgrass Inn before and kills this poor woman who's just trying to eat an eclair. She's trying to eat this fucking cream puff and, 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 and might I say, in a very, in a way that makes me never want to eat cream puffs again. Yeah, no, it was very odd and then it's falling and then it's in her hand and I'm eating it off the floor. Or, and I was just like, look, look, I am someone who is, for all intents and purposes, recovering from an eating disorder and have been so since I was 12 or 13 years old. I've done a lot of crazy shit. Um, I have never eaten a pastry off the floor. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I, I, I believe that there are just levels of fucking food depravity. I would eat a pastry off the floor. You would? Really? Probably not a hotel floor. I was going to say, though, like, I, I can kind of see eating it off of, well, maybe not this floor, but, like, our floor at the apartment because it's really nice. But, like, I could not see eating a fucking pastry off of a, what is, what, what is, like, a makeshift ho- motel floor. Yeah, like, that's a bit far, but I have definitely found, like, potato chips in oh. the bed. Oh, okay. And yeah, or in our bra. It, oh, it, yes. Absolutely. And it's like maybe even a day later and I will lick them off the sheets. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, I love it. That Talon has walked in and seen that yes. and been like, what? the?" Fu-? And I'm like, you know, on all fours licking chips right. off the sheets. <laughs> God, I've never loved you more. <laughs> I love it. That's that's true love right yeah. there. Absolutely. If you can walk in on your girlfriend slash fiance and she's licking chips off of a uh, off of the sheets and you're just like, I'm gonna marry that girl. That's my baby. Right that's my baby. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so Decker comes in, sees that she's trying to eat a pastry, and he's just like, filthy. Kills her. Kills 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 the other dude who's been uh, helping her out. T- takes off his head. 
kills members of the Sierra Club, basically. Yeah. Well, yeah, and yeah. why not? And why not? Absolutely. Kills, just decapitates, throw like a whole fucking room of bodies. Yeah. Decker has escalated to a point that like criminal minds would be like, there's no way to catch this guy. He doesn't hit any profile. It's no, just, no absolutely. He's, he's just, just on sight. Yeah, yeah, no, he's just slaughtering fucking everybody. He goes in there and Lori's like, you know, Decker's been here. You know, I'm like, oh, th- thanks. Yeah. Right. And it's weird. Cause like Boone walks in and he's like, I smell blood and whatever. And then just like kind of slinks against the wall and then Lori, you get the good shot of looking through the peephole, you know, like bullet hole in the wall. And then she's just like next door and Boone runs in, turns into then like, you know, the cabal guy where he's got the face tattoos. And then the cops show up and it's just like, oh, yeah, Boone's alive and murdering people again. And I went... Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, I know there's a there's a Can lot. Just go back to Midian. Yeah, like, Midian is that's super the thing. Tight. Midian is great. If yeah. if this whole movie took place, in really, Midian. if this whole movie whole, took whole place in like Midian, it would be great because it's like, ooh, like there's a lot of like layers of Midian. There's a lot of things that we could have explored. But yeah, unfortunately, we're treated to a lot of Canadian scenery. Um, and uh, but our favorite guy. Narcisse is fucking back. Yeah. He's back. He's got a 57 Chevy or some kind of classic car because I think all classic cars are 57 Chevys. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And uh, maybe it's a Plymouth Fury. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's a 57 Chevy. Sure. Why not? Sure. Why not? Absolutely. That's our car knowledge, folks. Yeah, that's-, that's it right there. That's that's why we can't have nice He's things. He's Babette's mom. Right. And now we got to go get Boone out of jail. Right. Because Boone, exactly, the cops have shown up. They're like, well, clearly he's just slaughtering people randomly. We're going to throw him in jail. They throw him in jail, convince the army that literally looks like the Hitler Youth. Yeah, Hitler Youth shows up and the doctor goes and, you know, is checking Boone out for injuries. Because, you know, he was shot dead the next town over. And the doctor is just like, he's dead. He, he's got no pulse. And then the drunk priest is next door. Oh, the drunk priest. Can we talk about old blue eyes for a second? Absolutely. We can talk about this. He's, he's kind of hot. Drunk priest is really fucking hot. Yeah. I was saying drunk, drunk priest, pretty blue eyes. Just kind of like just hanging out. We're not really sure why he's there. Other, uh, unless we're just talking about like, we're going to inject religion into this. I, I couldn't figure out why he was there. Other than the fact that he was a drunk priest. And I was like, hot. Because Clyde Barker knows his stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, he does like to mix the naughty in. <laughs> I just love it when you go British. Yeah. <laughs> so Narcisse comes in, rescues rescues Boone. Uh, our 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 beautiful well, uh, female mom rescues mom, Boone, right? Because she, she turns into smoke. She turns into smoke, but she also she also gets naked. Oh yeah, no, it's titties out. Yeah, she gets naked and seduces the uh, seduces the guard, and then yeah. turns him into smoky smoke. Yeah, and then he exhales smoke. I love that scene. I, you know, Narcisse is just like the chauffeur. Yeah. She turns into smoke, goes under the door. Then she's naked, naked, and seduces the guard. And then he exhales smoke. And then they leave with Boone. And, and they I leave. Like, I was like, yay! The drunk priest stays. Right. It's very uh, Wizard of Oz. Very Wizard of Oz. The man behind the curtain. Yeah. The man behind the curtain. So we're going back to Midian. Uh, meanwhile, someone has pulled the fire alarm in Midian and released the puppies of purgatory. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, the Berserkers. Yeah, the Berserkers, yeah. yeah. Well, they get released during the battle. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so now everyone... So at this point, the cops have infiltrated Midian. Yeah. They're planning on basically bombing it. Yeah, they start dragging them into the sunlight, and they're just slaughtering them. They're just fucking... it's It's just a genocide. Yeah, it is absolutely a mass war on these people that aren't fight because boone's not there right boone's not there they pulled out the poor guy who and his poor puppy and his poor puppy and yeah they're just murdering them you know in the in the daylight using the sun you know slaughtering them shooting them lighting them up and watching them explode watching them explode and like and everybody's on board with this like it is just totally fine to just be slaughtering you know people like regardless of the fact that they have abilities or not we are just slaughtering them and they are not fighting back no and then no they're not and boom. it's almost like they're there's a there's an acceptance there of the fact that they're outnumbered and these people are ferocious and evil and they want to just rid the world of them yeah of ju- and now we just all have decker's mindset like just the way that like cancer spreads right. of just and yeah they're just just a bunch a bunch of angry cisgendered fucking hetero white guys yeah and uh the one uh, black detective who is just like you know we're killing them with the sunlight and whatever and he's just like well, what happens when the sun goes down you know and uh party time and then that's when boone and narcisse uh, make it back and Boone is like okay we're fighting like this is unacceptable right it's time this it, is it yeah and you know there there's the fact that there was pushback to not letting your brother in just be murdered had had me ready to fight Midian because I was on board I'm it is go time and this was really like the scene that, you know, you're waiting for because it's just such mistreatment of people that have done nothing. And yeah, that's when I really was getting invested and I like start yelling at the TV where I go, what, what do you, what do you mean? What do you mean you're not sure? Like you've been granted abilities that make you able to fight. Right. You're magic. You're fucking magical people and you don't want to fight because Why? It's not, we're not, yeah, I agree. Let's not go out and like pick a fight because we're magical. But like, you're going to show up, knock on my door and kill my brother, my family, my friend. And I'm not going to hit you with my porcupine flails. Right. Porcupine, a lot of porcupine people in this movie too. Yeah. Yeah, See, like I said, it runs the gamut of of like shapeshifters and freaks, right? Yeah. So then there's a huge war. Yeah. And, And this is, I cheer every fucking time. And now is this when they hit the berserker alarm? Yeah, this is when Boone, because they start losing. They start like even though because some of them didn't want to fight, so they're really not fighting. And Boone says we need to release the berserkers, and the berserkers were, woo, yeah, they are the ones that even the Midian people knew like they can't be controlled, like they can't be reasoned with, they can't be talked to, like much like a creature in society. Yeah, very almost, you know, like very I to compare them to something that people understand would be like werewolves, right. you know, of just once something is a, a werewolf, you're not reasoning with it. It it just yeah. has a fucking need to do what it does. Right. 
And Boone's like, I'm releasing the berserkers. And they're just like, man, do you think we should? And he's like, well, I'm going. So, and yeah, then he, he goes down to hit the alarm, but he falls. And is it Narcisse or it is Narcisse who finally like turns Lori goes. Lori goes first where she's just like, okay, I'll help. Something happens to her. And then the guy uh, opens the fucking gates and the berserkers just like run out into fucking battle. Very, 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 very cool. And uh, now, okay. So spoiler alert. Once again, at what point does she decide (laughs) at what point does Lori decide she's going to kill herself so she can keep this dysfunctional relationship going? Um, I think once she realizes her, I think this was kind of the plan at the jail. Like, at the jail, she realizes Boone belongs with these people now because she had seen the face change. He's done nothing besides his face changed and he got, like, tattoos, but okay. Yeah, he's not really, like, I mean, they didn't do much to make Craig Schaefer look like a, quote, monster in no. quotes no it's, it's just just like hey really weird 90s fa- face tattoos right very mike tyson-esque yeah tribal totes yeah. tribal tribal face tattoo okay he clearly belongs in midian now i mean you know he can sniff blood and he's been shot how many fucking times and refuses to die so the only way for us to be together <laughs> is for me to clock out Right. And hopefully Midian accepts me because I don't think that she really thought that there was like an initiation process. Right. Like she she's basically. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. It's like the things, <laughs> the things we do for codependent love, my uh, friends, you know, 14. I was in. I was oh, like, yeah. absolutely. This yeah. is this is love right here. Right here absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to kill myself so that I can be with my fucking boyfriend who is now been accepted to a totally different world and or lifestyle. Yeah. A totally different community with their own traditions. And I don't know what it entails, but I am in. If you're in, I'm in. That is a ride or die bitch. Oh my God. Yeah. She's, she's definitely, uh, she's, de- she's definitely like, uh, you're nobody till somebody loves you. Yeah. Oh, see, but with ride or die, most of us choose ride, not Lori. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Lori's like, nope, nope, I'm going in, buddy. I'm going in. Are you busy stopping at ride? Not me. And the thing is, okay, here's here's the thing. I I had there been just a just a skosh more character development with their relationship where i could see that it was like a mickey mallory situation you know you know what i'm saying it's like you if if you took mickey and mallory and you put them in that fucking movie and you had the same scenario with the same shit happening mallory killing herself at the end would be like of course she's gonna fucking kill herself without a doubt yeah absolutely but Lori is supposed to be like a fucking leather skirt wearing career woman right. by day, um, and she's got a she's got a weird sort of rock and roll, smoky lounge, smoky lounge singer thing at night. Like she's got her own shit. She doesn't need a man, but she's like obsessed with this sort of like lukewarm relationship that she has Very with Craig Schaefer. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So, because t- he is not all about her. Oh, God, no. Yo, like, he died, and he was like, all right, I'm going to go to Midian. He didn't go to the apartment. He right, didn't go right. looking for Lori. Right. He wasn't like, I'm going, you know, he's like, I'm going to haunt your dreams. Yeah. None of that. <laughs> 
all of a sudden I died. I came back and I'm not concerned about my girlfriend. I'm going to go check out this graveyard on the other side of town and go see what's up with Porcupine Lady because she's naked all the time. Exactly. Like, Lori, what are we doing? Let's get yeah. it together, girl. Girl, girl. You know, and it's funny because like it almost seems like if Cheryl Ann was in that situation, she would probably just be like, bitch, no. No, I'm going back to the bar. I'm going to get another drink and I'm going to get another dick. It's yeah. fine. Absolutely. They're like every. What a, what a great way to end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get another drink and I'm going to get another dick. And next week on MMM. <laughs> That was so good. Oh, my God. I love it. Oh, do we have any shout outs? Do you have anybody you want to shout out this week? Um, No, but thanks for putting me on the spot. Oh, okay. I do. I'm grateful I... to be back, though. Oh, God, no. Uh-uh, man. I mean, we, we've kind of been on, like, a little bit of a hiatus. We're releasing some older episodes uh, left and right. I have moved into an apartment, uh, which is just a $1,600 a month hair shirt that I have to wear for the next 18 months. But it'll be okay. Um, it'll be all right. But, yeah, just the, the stress of moving, the stress of everything has been kind of kind of crazy we haven't had a chance to record but we are back on our normal recording schedule and so when this gets released our next episode is going to be let behind the mask the rise of leslie vernon oh my god you guys are gonna love this um i am gonna do one shout out this week and that is ippolito's italian deli because holy shit this place is over on Walsingham Road. If you're ever in the Largo area, uh, you should probably ask yourself why. But if you are in the Largo area and you want some really good, stick it in the oven Italian food, Ippolito's Deli, they're amazing. All right, guys, we will catch you on the flip side. As always, stay manic. manic.